The opinions expressed in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the Six Talk Podcast Network. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. This is the Anime Roundtable Canada. On this Saturday evening, January 15th, 2022, you can contact us online on the web, animeroundtable.com, Twitter and Instagram at animeroundtable, and email animeroundtable at gmail.com. Good evening from Toronto, Mike Nicholas, Kevin Ng, Mohamed Shamarki, and Jeff Gregg around the virtual table tonight. James Austin is not here this evening. He's completely wiped out, and tax season hasn't even begun yet. Okay, first of all, Jeff, Happy New Year. First time we're having you around. Thank you. How was the partying? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did you cross over? Did you cross over safely? Yeah. Well, obviously you crossed over. You're here to tell the tale. I was uh, just watching the anime hell uh, video as the uh, the numbers changed. I suppose. Yes, that was <laughs> that was actually pretty fun to watch. We mentioned at the end of last week's episode, uh, not too long after Dave Merrill announced he had actually come down with COVID. Oh no! Um, but he had been, by all accounts, re- uh, recovering well. There's your reason for getting your shot right there. Do you want to do a quick COVID update here before we uh, continue? What is there to update though? Like we're <laughs> honestly, we're, we're in the thick of it. Cases have hit five digits. We can't even get tested when we want to without having to pay money for it. Unless you qualify under the government's new requirements there's, there's more to it it's like what is there to say after, after, after we hit the stop button i'll uh there's something else like what is there to that. say like this is this is our current reality people a lot of people seem apathetic at this point which i can see why yeah, it's like riding the same roller coaster over and over again it's like it's no, so prevalent right. now that like I, I try my best to remain like vigilant and trying my best to, you know, limit exposure and whatnot. But I mean, I can see why people will, are going. You know what? It this is this is our reality. I'm if I get it, I get it. Or I'm young. It's fine. Even if I have three shots, because even if you have three shots, you're not guaranteed. Which is underst- which you know it makes sense. Different people's it's a guarantee. Different, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's it was it's never a guarantee, guarantee anyway. Just in a general sense, there's a, there's no guarantees. 
Exactly. At best, you bet you you stack the odds in your favor. Me, me, the gambling type. Like I, I haven't, I've barely seen my friends in this. Like I don't, I've have not hung out with my friends since early December because a couple of my friend groups did elect to do earlier Christmas gatherings, which in hindsight was a smart move because that was. I was about to. I was about to say, was that just by nature or was it because they saw something coming? It sounds I, like by just because. I don't know. I don't think they had that in mind. I just truly don't know, but looks pretty smart in hindsight now. Well, obviously, as, as the saying goes, it's 2020. Like I've seen four people since, and but it, I just dropped off belated Christmas presents and that was it. Well, well, we you are pretty accurate on the Julian calendar, just for reference. Okay, the bottom line about the way it is in Ontario is it sucks. Kevin alluded to five figures. Officially, the province of Ontario has not released daily case counts for basically a couple weeks now. Well, yeah, because now all we're getting is the hospitalization numbers, right? All we're getting is a hospitalization, ICU, and death numbers. <laughs> the ever-rising death numbers. Well, yeah, well, they're there. No, no doubt about it. It's just that because testing capacity is overwhelmed, they're not going to give you a number because any number that's given will end with the following phrase. The actual numbers are probably higher. I mean, yo, Trump had it right, man. If you don't test, there's no cases, right? <laughs> you have to do hey, you hey, have to go down there where's that where's that soundboard thing wasn't that a laugh 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 oh, How about, yeah. oh I, you know what i should do i should record myself puking into a bucket and we can use that instead whenever that, Donald uh, trump gets that, brought say, up um say that one more time mo <laughs> i mean yo i i i, I... <laughs> <laughs> just close I don't your words that way. <laughs> good, good. Effort, now I feel forced if I do that. Okay. <laughs> and on, and you know the the other thing that just came to mind is, uh, I can't go see Bell in theaters because Bell is not playing in Ontario, given you know, how bad you know it what? is. Uh, I was strongly contemplating driving to Buffalo to see that. <laughs> of course you would because you're dedicated you, like that yeah that's oh, just, that's just that's just so you it's just it's 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 i woke up like i mean i mean i i i'm wondering if you could top the the drive to london last year i i, I the year before. I, i'm 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 both saddened and upset that we're in this state that we're currently in well i've done similar yeah. things as mo for other hobbies like i I went to New York to see Maximum the Hormone the last time they were in the USA and then flew back Yo, what? to the USA. Yeah. Damn. This was several years ago. Yeah, back when they were big, right? Are they still big? They're still big. Uh, they're more mainstream now because they are signed by Warner now, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh. Okay. With with Bell, is that like the first of the the films that have had like a wide release? Because like I remember, um, even like the bigger ones, like Boy and the Beast, was hard to to find a screening for. I don't think I did. Um, I forget I, if I saw them. I think Mariah just 
ended up getting as a as a Blu-ray or something. I know. I Bell's believe being, so. Like, it's like, being played I, in the Blu-ray. Like, Mirai, I don't have. I have. I have the. I have Boy and the Beast as part of like a a trilogy box here. Yeah, I would say you're correct on that because I know in the past, for whatever reason, the Mamoru Hosoda movies would be licensed out separately when it came to like distribution and whatnot. Like I think so, even Summerworth was just like festival circuit stuff. Like I don't think it even had like a Cineplex release, so to speak. Hmm. I mean, these screenings aren't making money, so I mean, <laughs> are, I know, are not. I know the West Coast is getting them, so and I think there's a couple of maritime provinces where Cineplex is open, so that they have screenings too, if I'm not mistaken. Because I know uh, Jesse was talking about how he was going to hopefully watch it in an emptier screening and that he would likely put it off a little bit if it meant he can get into a screening where it wouldn't be as busy. Uh, yeah. And apparently Cineplex in the West is doing social distanced uh, seating again. That's good. Yeah, somebody's being responsible. I mean, <laughs> I know when I saw Dune, it was not the case when I went to go see it in IMAX. Somebody's being responsible now. <sighs> okay. Well, for reference, the current stage two is set to go until next Wednesday. I believe that's 25th, if my, if my math is correct. They're probably going to push it to like March. They'll probably push it further, though, real, realistically, that's more likely. Yeah. But it, the current checkpoint is the 25th. I don't think they'll start with saying it'll go till march i think they'll at least start by saying it'll be another two weeks i'm um, afraid we'll we'll just extend it another and then we'll talk again yeah well, exactly. that's what they did last year the endless mm-hmm. two-week cycle <laughs> well well it helps give people hope right and you know i think that's like even and i think that we don't know enough to to know for certain if hope is completely unwarranted at this point um, so people I think it's alive. I know. The thing is, first of all, uh, I'll speak just quickly on a personal level here. Um, I made it known last week that I would be returning to the mass immunization clinic that I had worked at during the summer in 2021. And Yes, I did return there. Do, do, doing your doing your uh, doing your part there, Mike. Making sure those microchips are installed into everyone. Yeah, this guy, right? Who's got two thumbs and a microchip? Right. <laughs> so the the atmosphere there is just a pragmatic one. It's a it's a it's a friendly atmosphere, but many of my uh, now newfound colleagues there, because I'm now meeting colleagues that I wasn't familiar with in my uh, first uh, tour of duty there. Like, they're just, they're just doing this. And I know deep down inside each of them, there's this wonder about how the hell are we still there? But, we're, but we'll, we'll, we can take being there. 
because it's just, that's our job right now. So the object for the rest of society and maybe whatever powers that be that's, that can't uh, necessarily be handled by mankind as a whole is to eventually is to eventually put us and those that work in such places out of work. But hey, this can go for a while because that means I'm, I'll be employed. Up to you folks. In many respects, a lot of it still is. I grant not all of it. Okay, I got a confession this week. What is it? The confession is... Uh, we, we really don't have things to really discuss. At least uh, to be prepared for. We do have one thing that I know I'm really looking forward to talking to, and we'll hint at that towards the end of the episode. For the most part, this is practically a space heater chat without actually being a calling it a space heater chat. For reference, since we brought in the live stream and I got an aside for that of just in a few seconds, Mo, because just before we started taping, the space heater chats are now referred to are, are now reserved for whenever we do our live streams. So basically the stuff you see on Twitch and on YouTube, those will be for sure our, our Space Heater chat episodes. We get to do the visuals. I like doing them. But I do want to refine them before we do our next one. And uh, honestly, um, we're, we, we're cobbling together whatever we're doing this evening. But there, but let's be honest, there is stuff that caught our attention. Although, and Mo and I were just discussed this just before we hit the um, record button this evening. If you look on our website, animeroundtable.com, and look at the uh, entries for the two Space Eater Chat episodes we have done live stream, ideally there should be a link to or an embed of the YouTube video for the episode. And you'll, you can see that in Chrome, probably in Firefox. But Safari is another story. Probably, uh, you probably can do it in a, win in a Windows, uh, whatever Windows uses these days. What, what, what's a Windows uh, branded browser? Edge, I believe. Thank you. Didn't they evolve from that to something else? They might have went back to Explorer. I download Chrome, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... But Safari, this live video has ended, or is unavailable, I think is the word they use. This live video is no longer available. That's, I think, the exact wording. It, it must be a Safari thing. Muhammad does think it's a Safari thing, right? Sure, why not? Let's, 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 I mean, <laughs> honestly, it's, it's Apple. You know how they feel about anime. They, they, they've never been fans of it. Like, like, like well... <laughs> uh, that's a prediction I, I, and a, maybe a discussion we will have as part of what we will end up talking about next week so really this is just a smorgasbord of stuff and just to get uh, Jeff settled into 2022 around the round table 
So let's, and, and, and I'm not trying to single you out, Jeff, but I, I am curious about something. And I think we were all curious about one thing, or at least one or two topics from last week. So which one are you? Which one would you like to go with, guys? Um, the NFT thought, which which will get Jeff started. Are you certain. kidding me? No, no, we won't have. We don't have to go. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just. I, I, I'm just surprised that it came up there like, now. It's there. <laughs> you just brought it there, Mike. Or we can talk. Or we can talk Scott Pilgrim. What? Which one do you want to go with? I want to do both. I, like hey, we can do both. We got time. Okay. What? What NFT nonsense came up last week? Well, the fact GameStop seems to be interested in it. And it's actually, and, and, you, and the thing is, it could come up in the discussions we'll have next week, just looking at what we could possibly end up talking Wait, about next week. Jeff, are you anti-NFT? Almost completely. I mean, but, but you know what happens to people who are anti-NFT, right? They live a successful, happy life, free from horrible monkey <laughs> images and pixelated garbage. Um, are we done with that part of the discussion then? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, like GameStop. Oh, I'm surprised. Like, I, I don't know if I've, I mean, I've probably been in a GameStop in the last two years, but like... And and the weird thing is, like, I I probably like it theoretically more as a toy store, which is it has become. But like, oh, oh it's doing NFTs, whatever. They used to be a company that said, please give us uh, money for a magazine subscription right when online videos and content was surging. So, yeah, cool. Make that decision. Game. Stop. Whatever. Um <laughs> Better survival, maybe. There are, there are, you know, I, I'm not disappointed in GameStop. It's not a company that, like, I have a whole lot of love for, especially after they destroyed EB Games as a branding. Uh, so, you know, if I'm trying to think of a company, like, if if Nintendo did it, I think I'd feel sad and and want to talk about it in in more in depth words. Or if um, it's probably going to happen sooner or later. We'll see. Um, I mean, if, if if anything, I feel like like people like Nintendo or Sony or Microsoft are gonna hop on this NFT bandwagon any day now, man. Well, like Sega almost did, and then fans had backlash, and they went back on it. So I feel like with Nintendo's kind of family friendly imagery and the kind of toxicity that comes from you know, I'll air quote, say the NFT community. Um, I feel that it might be something Nintendo would want to avoid, at least for now. Like, they might revisit it in a year or two, um, depending on where this this trend, whatever you want to call it, goes. Um, but I think that for the short term, um, you know, companies like Nintendo are probably going to avoid stepping into those waters. I mean, mm-hmm. but if those waters are full of gold... They know. have, you know, ancient treasure trove just from Pokemon Gold and Silver. They're fine. Um, <laughs> and th- and th- they're like a third of the people who profited it off, you know, those first couple generations of Pokemon. And they're still probably like, you know, how Pokemon is the most successful media franchise in the world. They own a third of it. And I think that even that third is going to, you know, keep them afloat for... 
hundreds of years plus you know the switch is still doing well they're they're fine they don't need to do things like that i mean you know but more is better right but i think pr is important to them that's a double-edged sword there Funimation unfollowed a voice actor yesterday because they <laughs> made an NFT post. So I think companies are That's what you're are picking to. sides, and it's really interesting to see that happen. Mm. Is is it just the environmental stuff that people don't like NFTs, or is it like the community around it? Both. Both are terrible things. Both yeah. are valid answers to that question. Yeah, it's the environment. It's the the culture behind it. It's just stupid in principle. Like, is this one of those? It will become a NFT gate type thing at some point. Oh, it already uh, has. Like on several like the, times a day. Like, uh, that's like the ground like, level, right? It's it's bad for artists. It's bad for like the art. Like it's bad for art as a like a thing in that exists in the world, especially digital art. Like it's it's pushed um, people's you know valuing of or it's pushed people's perception of digital arts value back like ten years, and it was not great ten or twenty years ago. Um, and you know all the environmental things, and then all the the attitudes of people. Like it's it's the like weird embodiment of like a combination of like you know apologies if you look like that this, but you're a good person. But that neck beard, you know, not fedora, but everyone calls it fedora type of person, combined with like a sleazy stockbroker. Like it's, and then like. All the negativity from from that those two stereotypes will come and appear out of nowhere and say, "Here's a five hour video explaining why NFTs are good." Actually, uh, all of the environmental issues are it's you burn more power using a toaster than an NFT, and it's like, oh, you don't get it. I'm so mad at NFTs. <laughs> For reference, I used to wear a fedora the odd time during high school. And and again, like it's not even a fedora that it's the actual hat that people made fun of. I just forget what that actual hat is called. Um but like uh voice cap, no. Or voice cap, no. Okay. <laughs> I wore those too. I don't know. I mean I I still have yet to fully understand it myself. The, the, anywhere close. And I'm not totally sure it's worth it. The worst part is is that like it's it's unsure how much of an an inevitability that this is. Yeah, I mean I, I was talking to Mike about this. It's like I feel like NFTs are in the same position that like email was in the eighties. Where it's no. like and I mean hear me what out, hear me out. Email? Hear me out, hear me out, hear no, me go out. Ahead. Uh, so, like, in the 80s, computers weren't really a big thing, but it was kind of around. I mean, 90s is internet came about. But I feel like a lot of people were like, so I just have to buy a $5,000 machine so I can send a letter to someone that could cost me 30 cents. You know, that kind of argument. Because computers weren't cheap back then, and the internet was something that just, I guess, rich people had. But, I mean, it's 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 kind of that argument where it's like, I, now we're in a position where it's like not good for the environment. There's a lot of creepy people doing it and exploitations happening and so forth. But in like 10 years, 20 years, it'll be the norm, man. Everyone's going to have NFTs. I don't think there was a toxic community that came out of emails, though. Like, <laughs> no one was like 
becoming like misogynist art devaluers because of emails. Okay, well, okay, yes, you're right, but I feel like be- that was before social media. Those people existed; they just didn't have a a voice to express themselves too much. Yeah, that okay, <gasps> but that's like a lot of things. Yeah, they had no outlet. And now with the internet, you have many outlets to anonymously be a dickhead or espouse your radical views. Uh, I, well, uh, yeah, it just uh, has no sense of accountability. Exactly, exactly. Plus, I mean, I, it's it's the uh, anonymity is both its vice and virtue. I mean, it's it's it sucks because it's just like the vice. You know. <laughs> it sucks because it's like there's nothing we can do to stop this. It's it's just it is and it will be. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't Wild know, it, like, I, you know, I don't know if it's a complete, like, sure thing that it's going to, you know, become a, you know, fixture of, you know, the world. Um, I think, at least in its current form, I think that if, I think oh, that no, there no, might no, not, be a way not to... In, not in its current form, definitely not in its current form, but it, it will evolve into something that just is, you know? But I think it will have to change its name because I think that at this point, like the branding of like NFT has become toxic to, I'm going to say 80% at least of the people, at least I'd say left-leaning people, um, you know, especially because a big issue is the environment and relatively toxic, you know, groups of people. Um, And there are toxic people on the left, like, don't get me wrong, but like this, the specific type of toxicity um, I I think that it it needs a complete rebranding and kind of like it won't be actually like NFTs. It will end up just being um like an extension of Bitcoin or something that will end up serving the same process uh ser- the same purpose. Yeah, it's it's like just smart contracts, blockchain, you know, decentralized, all those tech stuff. I I want art taken out of it. I think it's gross. Like especially like as an amateur artist, I think it. Again, uh, I think it's maybe an entire discussion worth of things. So, um, and, and the, I hate how the NFT bros are like, "Oh, this is gonna be great for artists. It's gonna get, uh, you know, it's essentially a pyramid scheme. Like, there's, uh it's it's a it's MLMs, but worse. Yeah, but that's just, I'm just the the pyramid scheme of art. That's all art is from now on, just pyramid schemes. Yeah, and that's that's the problem. Like, it shouldn't be pyramid schemes. Like, I I follow artists who get messages every day asking if they if their work can be NFTs. Some people just steal them. There are not now websites that like have like apps that will just track your DeviantArt account and like check to see if your art has been stolen by as and wow. made into an N- NFT. Like, Damn. you know. This is a problem, like, regardless of your argument of NFTs as a concept, a big part of it is art theft, and another big part of it is horrible monkey illustrations. So there's there's I mean, no those, way that any those... artist is winning. I mean, some of them get a short-term, like, sudden boost of cash, but you already have to be a relatively popular artist or lucky, just like art has always been. It, it's sort of just a part of things. I I really don't know what to add to that, to be honest. So what was Scott Pilgrim up to? <laughs> okay, let's okay, let's go to the Scott Pilgrim part of the equation. 
a possible anime series being commissioned by Netflix and its creator will be involved in it. Fingers crossed there'll be an NFT tie-in. <laughs> Let's <laughs> leave that there. You troll. You had a thought. <laughs> I, I, well, you're such a troll. Came <laughs> I know. We thought we were wondering if you'd have an opinion on this. You did, and I didn't hit the record button yet, Jeff. <laughs> well, like, well, what would you like to say, uh, like, for the for the anime roundtable record? I because it was actually interesting what you did say. Which, which, by the way, once again, be in the audience. <laughs> Jeff, go. Well, like, remind me of of what I actually did say. Um, if I don't cover it, um, but I think that. Like just as as an overview, I think this has a lot of interesting potential. Um, I feel that Scott Pilgrim was this really interesting um, and pivotal moment in in sequential art or, or comics and graphic novels in general, where like an indie comic pretty much seamlessly crossed over to the mainstream, um, at least with the culmination of the movie. Um, not that it was a wildly successful movie, but it became, you know, a relatively big cult classic um, with relatively big names uh, in the movie. Um, but even the comic itself, you know, it has a color reprint. Um, its its style, um, like artistically, was kind of this, um, you know, indie comic meets Wind Waker, um, The Legend of Zelda kind of look. Um, it like lots of, of video game references. It like spoke to like every person between the age of 16 and, and 32. Like it was, um, basically where we were at the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's, it's popularity went from this, like really sort of word of mouth thing to, you know, launch parties and, and, you know, internet excitement. Um, and then eventually there was even the video game that was more based on the comic than the movie, but it released around the movie. Um, so as like an indie comic, it was published by Oni Press, um, but still relatively independent work. Um, I don't think anything has has reached the exact same amount of um, notoriety, um, at least that level of indie. Like you can argue is image independent? Yeah, sort of. Then Walking Dead and Invincible, but you know, Scott Pilgrim was different. Um, it was also manga format. Like it, it read traditionally um, it from a North American perspective, but the books were, were formatted the exact same size or more or less the same size as a manga volume, um, which I think was also significant. It was kind of riding that wave of, of that manga boom that was happening at the time. Um, may, may or may not have started with Mega Tokyo. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think it, it's it was like it came in just as Mega Tokyo started its downturn, I think. Yeah. If it wasn't already there. Sorry, continue. No, um, so like when it comes to, you know, the Netflix uh, situation, I think it's it's funny. You know, I've I've spoken about this several times on, on this podcast. Um there's probably gonna be a lot of people upset that they use the term anime. Um but you know, whatever. Um, I I think it has a lot of potential. I'm curious if it's going to go for like exactly trying to replicate the the style, um, probably of the later books. Um, his style did change by the the last one there. O'Malley, right? Yeah. Um, so you know, it'll it'll be interesting. Um, 
he's involved. I'm not sure how much he will be involved. Uh, he hasn't done a lot recently, so one would assume, well, he might be working. He has a TBA um, book, uh, at least on Wikipedia. Um, but I imagine he'll try to be somewhat involved, but I'm not sure how much he cares or honestly how much he'll have to do. Um, I'm kind of expecting it to be a one-to-one or very close adaptation um, of the graphic novel with maybe a few edits possibly to make it contemporary. Um, it, there could be... Um, I Like, what I would love, which they're not going to do, um, the, the live-action movie was originally going to have an alternate ending, but then, you know, the powers that be said, no, let's let's match the book ending essentially it's a you know one and a half or two hour movie so that you can't really adapt it one-to-one but um i think it would be really cool if you know this series is an alternate direction and maybe like even that first couple episodes um suddenly things you know take a, you know scott takes a left turn instead of a right turn and you know, that will be really exciting. And it would be even more exciting if it wasn't Netflix and it was airing week to week. So you'd have that speculation. Um, that the binge. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, maybe they can do that at the end of season one. They'll release like a seven episode chunk or something and and make that shocking uh, revelation on the, at the end of that batch. But we'll see. Okay. Well, you had a thought. Or it looks like you had a thought. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm iffy on this. I think I said the same thing last week. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I mean, it's Netflix, so you know. It, it, I'm assuming this will come out after their One Piece and their uh, last uh, la- their uh, their Avatar uh, live actions. So if, if those you know survive the initial firing squads, then you know maybe Scott Pilgrim will too. Early said. I think Scott Pilgrim has a lot less risk, though. Um, like it is famous last words. Well, I think One Piece has the wrath of every Japanese child that's existed from 1992 to 90 to the present, um, and I mean every child that's been born from those years. Actually, earlier, probably every child born between 1985 and you know five years ago, with how popular One Piece is. And Last Airbender has had such a rocky um, relationship with adaptations and sequels and things like that. Um, Scott Pilgrim has one movie and everyone kind of, and it's a relatively loved movie. And it was made with the understanding, yeah, it's a movie, six books. You know, I think maybe the last one wasn't even out or was super fresh at the time or was made concurrently with the movie. So like, I think, there were expectations there, and for the most part, they were met. I think the interesting thing with the Scott Pilgrim animated series is that I think most people are going to assume it's a one-to-one adaptation. If it's not, I think that'll be cool, um, but I don't think it's it's going to deviate too much. Um, we'll see, though. Yeah. Interesting was said. Uh, I will say, though, the, the stuff you said before we hit the record button was more interesting. Which, once again... Be in the audience. Uh, you know what? Like, I, I feel like that's a tease. Um, so what Mike is alluding to is basically I have a very weird history with the creator of this series. Um, 
I, you know, followed his work from about the second book. And in between the second and third book, he was at Anime North at like a sparsely, you know, I guess stacked table. There were, you know, he had a few copies of the first two volumes there and maybe third. Um, there were books from like other Oni Press um, authors and super, you know, nice, generous guy, you know, happy to talk. There wasn't a huge crowd, at least, you know, when I first got there, there was no one. Um, and then few years later interactions online um there was equivalent of an ama and uh suddenly he seemed a little bit more jaded um he was very dismissive of a lot of of questions and some of them probably coming from from kids or or teenagers and he just didn't seem to want to do like do it um you know because like artists and and people in in the arts in general, they're going to have those same questions of like, how did you get in the industry? How do you become a voice actor? And like, yeah, it's probably tiring to hear that kind of thing. But, you know, I think it's also valuable for for people um, to hear, you know, their their idols or people they respect answering these questions. Um, But yeah, he was just dismissive um, for the most part. Um, You know, some things. He might have had a bad day, which happens. Um, but then, you know, things I would read online, um, and then the the launch party for that sixth, that final book, um, it was at the Beguiling, I think. It was just ended up being this, like, big, you know, celebration party thing with, you know, hundreds of people. Um, it ended up being like a lot of the soul seemed to have been dried up that I, I saw in in the work and the artist in those, you know, first few volumes. And I liked the end of the series just fine. But um, yeah, it was just a little disappointing to see kind of that turn. Um, thankfully, it, it, you know, there's, you know, mysterious issues about, you know, personal life and everything, but it doesn't seem like anything incredibly negative has happened which is nice, um, you know, to go and become that popular that fast and have a movie and a video game and all that type of thing. Um, certain people who, you know, like him did have a little bit of, of limelight uh, stuff. It, you know, it's, it's going to have an impact. So was not, was not impressed, but eh, it is what it is. When we, when we go on the jaded part of this, on the scale, are we talking on a scale close to Hayao Miyazaki, or are we talking on a scale close to William Shatner at a Star Trek convention? It's probably in the middle. Um, more, I think, closer to Shatner because I think that I think that I think that O'Malley does have an interest in the art form. He's done variant covers for um, Western comics. Um, you know, he, he made his own sort of Western indie comic in Smart Girl, in Snot Girl, or at least he wrote it. Um, he didn't do much um, art for that. I think he did some of the covers. Um, so I think that he's, he's still, you know, interested in the medium. Um, and I guess Miyazaki is too. Um at 81 years. Yeah. Young. And it, yeah, I think that age difference is such a huge thing too. Um, I think the one thing is that, you know, they're both probably a lot more quiet than William Shatner is. 
Um, That's a good way to put it, actually. William Shatner will talk all about this kind of thing. But for Miyazaki, it has to be like a, a documentary that takes like, you know, a couple years of, of warming him up to it in order to record. Um, okay. Good way to put it. Kevin, last comment? I remember hearing that uh, he used to work at the Beguiling way back in the day. Yeah, I think so. Right, that's right. Yeah, I think I've heard that line before. So him and uh, and Peter were probably pretty close. And so every so often you would have events held by him like that event that Jeff talked about or when they would do the occasional screening of the film at the nearby theater back when the beguiling was still in the annex hmm. where Street where O'Malley would be present for yeah it makes sense hot dog. okay I I actually have never finished reading the the comics I've read like the first one or two I I did watch and enjoy the film and don't have too much to say. Like I can see how O'Malley kind of could have gotten a little jaded over time, though, because who knows what happened behind the scenes. It's yeah. Scott Pilgrim, I think, is also very much um, a product of its time. I don't think it. And that's one interesting thing about the animated series. I'm not sure how a college student dating a high schooler is going to play in 2022 or 2023. <laughs> I um, forgot about that. Yeah, it's a core premise of the first few I volumes. I completely forgot. <laughs> um, and the movie, to be honest. Um, and yeah, like I think that you know, it's not a huge age gap, but I think just that 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 separation um, and not that Scott, I think, is in university or anything, but like I think that I think that it's just enough of a threshold that I wonder if ages will be changed, if they'll skip that part. It's pretty vital, but you never know. Um, but I think that it's it's interesting because the story is about such a flawed character and so many characters in that world or that setting, Toronto, are flawed. Um, and definitely flawed characters are fine today and, and they're beloved, but I don't know about dating a high schooler. <laughs> I also read Seconds and I enjoyed that. Hmm. That was one of his uh, other works after Scott Pilgrim. Okay. Well, if it's worth anything, I got the box set some years back. So I don't, and it might actually still be sealed. I have to double check. Oh, wow. It might. Your, your reaction, Kevin, just made me think, okay, this could be interesting if it's still sealed. All right. So two names just... Two names came up that I know maybe we should acknowledge in some form this week. So which one, which name do we want to bring up? Netflix or Anime North? Netflix. Okay, Netflix is upping its prices yet again. Mo, 
let her rip. I know you. I know you wanted to say something about this. I, 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 it's like um, I remember back in like March of 2020, when people were first were talking about COVID and like they were pre- not predicting, but like basically telling us, "Hey, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be this up and wave, and then it's going to come back down, and then." We're going to get a variant and then we're going to have another up and wave and then it's going to come back on down. It's like they told us in advance, like what to expect and what's going to happen. And I feel like with Netflix, like people, you know, when people are cutting the cord and going without cable and switching over and so forth, they they were all saying the exact same thing where it's like, hey, these companies are going to, you know, keep up in their prices and each one's going to be their own thing. And then you have to buy, you know, five different subscriptions just to get like half the things you used to watch and. You know, Netflix is just, they're in a fucked up position, man. They're like 20 bucks a month is not, no, man. I'm not, come on. You're, it's just too much, man. And then with the next season of Picard, I mean, on Crave up here in Canada. Or Paramount Plus down in the States. HBO Max. And then, of course, our core stuff, Funimation, Crunchyroll, to a lesser degree, High Dive. I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if, like, we find out that, like, Netflix is, like, doing poor financially. Like, they're not in a good money position. And then- I think there's a certain inevitability about that. That's always, we've always, there's always been talk as to how their financials really are. I mean, if I'm not mistaken. And it's not one of those, it's one of those. They're always op like there's always going to be a perpetual loss or operating at a loss scenario, I think, for them. So, so there there might be a catch up moment. I mean, I think they've always been in a deficit. Like they've they've produced while being billions in debt or something. Either way, I feel like it's it's catching up to them because like the only way to outrun that is to have enough subscribers. And I don't know, man, people. And there's always been that fear. Have they plateaued? Oh, they have. Oh, 100%. There's, where are they going to go from here? There's, there's not going to be, there aren't new people signing up for Netflix, right? There's, uh, unless something major changes in like the entire world economy where everyone just randomly gets a whole bunch of money, I don't think there's random new people who are buying Netflix subscriptions. So you're considering uh, ending yours? I don't know, man. It's, you know, I mean, I, I'm just thinking to myself. Well, they got to pay for uh, they got to pay for uh, the shortfall that was Cowboy Bebop. The oh live my action. god, dude! Don't don't get me started on that because I, I had a whole I had a whole thing where, where <laughs> I was going to talk about. How, we got time. We're, we're I mean, we're, we're so out of ideas tonight. I, I, uh, no, lay I, lay it on us. I, I, I go I, for it. I can't. We, I, we, I, <laughs> we could we could use hey, it. we could end the. Wait, I, 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 I feel like the reason. Come on, come on, go, go. Uh, I feel like the reason they raised, they rose their prices to, is is to pay for a second season of Cowboy Bob. And if that was the case, and like specifically, they were like, "Hey, we're up in the price. Everyone's gonna have to pay like five dollars more, but we're getting a second and third season, and we're gonna do a proper justice." You know, then I'd be okay with it, but. Not, but a lot. Okay, of that's just that's just crazy talk, Mohammed. <laughs> <laughs> good theory I, good theory bro <laughs> we can only dream oh, <laughs> well yeah, I'm sure a hundred thousand um, 
signatures on the change.org. I, I was going to say 120,000, and you know, I'm, I'm one of those 120,000. I want a second. I'm in there too. I'm You're in not there too. 50 of those? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, the, the funny part is, you mentioned how, how, how far back you had been a subscriber. I'm as far back as, strangely, I'm one of those that could use my uh, iTunes account to be able to pay for my subscription still. They're grand, they grandfathered it out, but those who stayed on it, who stayed uh, using that option, got to keep that option and will get to do so forever and ever, amen, as long as they haven't ended their subscription. And uh, I, 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 I was able to stock up on iTunes cards, although my mother seems to be using them all now. So, you know, I'll, I'll face that dilemma at some point, I suppose. Although, although, um, having watched a couple episodes of Squid Game over the last week, wait, how far did you get? I watched the whole thing. How far did you get? That is, uh, finished up episode six last. There time. you go. There you go. That's the good episode. That that is. That was a different episode. Yeah, and then you just stop. And it's excruciating. Like, the show is excruciating in many different respects, and you got to see another one of those respects. Yeah, which just, one, just... Which one is six? It's the, uh, the, the marble game. Oh. Just, just don't watch anymore, Mike. It's over. You don't need to worry about the rest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe it's just me wanting to watch the NASCAR crash now, but... Uh... Got to put out, uh, put out the good shows, and that's part of the temptation. Maybe I'll watch it one day. Okay. So let's go to the other name I want to mention, Anime North. The guys behind the panels announced this week that panel submissions will open up on February 1st. Things are humming along there, and we are moving towards seeing it happen this year. Uh, well, until further notice, I guess. Is there a reaction from you guys on this? I just feel bad for them, you know, when that when that sixth wave hits. Oh God! Oh jeez! When we get that Delta Omicron. <laughs> well, what's the next? What's the next uh, word in the um, Greek alphabet? Well, what comes up? What comes after Omicron? Doomicron? Wait, was Omicron actually a Greek word, and that's why they used it? These have been pre-planned. Yeah. Like the, the letters have all been like pre-assigned. I guess. I thought but, they just made someone just made that up. They skipped a couple letters because they just don't want to. That's another story altogether. Oh, I didn't know that. But anyway, yeah, I was like, "Where's the gamma variant?" Yeah, I think there were reasons some letters got skipped. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's another story. I, I forgot all some of it, but huh. I know there was. So, well, as I said, it sounds like uh, we're humming along until further notice. And I think as the as memberships open up, which which are set to happen, and we I've received you know a promise to be able to talk a little bit more to, and we'll have. We'll have uh, Chris uh, Chris Nobelski at some point, the uh, social media manager, appear on the uh, appear on the roundtable again, and some sometime before Anime North is supposed to happen. But there is stuff going on there that's you know they they're working towards. 
By the way, would you have an idea for a panel? I have one, but I'm going to... I'll share that off 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 uh, off air. Uh, but I uh, but you know the fact that they want to do this and hoping to find some sense of normalcy. It, it just seems like a you know cool thing. I mean, anyway. I mean, fingers crossed. I mean, it's in May. Hopefully, this all dies down and we can just have you know normal twenty twenty two. You know, who knows? Yeah, you hope. Okay. See, see, I think we filled in the uh, a good chunk of the hour this way. So I do. I am. Um... Okay. Uh, do you want a preview next week, or do you want me to play a a, a game? Uh, just a put a question out there, just for fun, and see what what you guys end up saying about this. Put that question out. Okay, we'll put that. Yeah, let's hear that question, Mike. Just for fun, just for fun okay. I, I mentioned, uh, Mike. I mentioned working at the uh, Toronto Run Mac, uh, vaccination clinic here, and I, I do want to just clarify something and just quickly say this: the group, the my colleagues there, the group that work there, it's a good group. We all get along really well, and I'd like to think it shows for everybody who comes to get their vaccination. Because it's a it's a group that genu- genuinely do get along with each other, so there's uh, easily some very good chemistry there. But the reality is, we're not supposed to be there. So, you know, that's what I meant by the sooner this is over. Like the idea is for us to be not be working there in the long run, but we're there and. We'll make the best of it until then. One of my uh, colleagues there is a just a uh, just likes to do uh, animation work on the side. He has his own YouTube channel. I will put a link to it in the show notes. But he did po- But he is a, a, a casual anime fan, and we talk uh, talk a, quite a bit about our um, our hobby. And some of the stuff we're into. And he posed a really interesting question, knowing about this podcast, that he would like to ask you guys. And it's sort of a, not really a left field question, but I think it could make an interesting discussion. And, you know, all the anybody else listening, I, I really hope you have a, a comment on this. He just simply asks this question, and it's an old school question, guys. Does Shinji from Evangelion have an equivalent in other shows? I imagine so. Can you think of one? Because I because he asked moment. me that question, and I was at a loss. Well, that's the protagonist of Rosafon. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's like a literal equivalent. If <laughs> I think that's Hayato, if I remember his name correctly. Sounds right. Rosafon was always the best Evangelion clone. I still think it is. Like you got the debate as to how much of a clone it is. So, though, so, so what? What do you mean by equivalent, though? Do you mean? I guess we. I guess with that, we have to kind of look back at the type of character Shinji is. Was. Like, 
I, I mean, there's there's always a, and I have to rehash the discussion in my head sometimes, and maybe rewatch it in some form just to understand, remember what type of character he was. Like, was the type like was he the type that felt sorry for himself? Did he have any redeeming value to him? Like it's it's definitely not in you know the expression of personality, but the first thing that comes to mind is actually um, uh, Morty from Rick and Morty. Um, at least over the the seasons that have existed, you know, he's gone from like, oh, geez, Rick, uh, I don't know about this. And like, you know, this kind of timid, like, you know, fearful guy that's still going along with it anyways, despite, you know, clearly not wanting to be involved in all this danger to like, you know, the kind of stuff that's happening in, in the later seasons of Rick and Morty, where there is like confidence, I mean, with alternate dimensions and all that kind of stuff. Um, and less of that, like, frailty but he's still clearly a broken child um but you know that's what comes to mind um but again very different expressions of of personality and you know clearly different relationships with authority and and parental figures and all that kind of thing Hmm. well you have a thought uh that's tough that's tough or do we want to defer this for another time I need to think on it because like when i like the first thing that came to my mind was like he's a protagonist right so like couldn't any protagonist technically be him but like there's more to him than that i guess i don't know i'm trying to think of like what's an appropriate matchup see this isn't an appropriate matchup but the one guy that sort of for some strange reason comes to mind right now now that we're having this discussion it's for all the wrong reasons but the uh, main character in school days Really, just that. Oh, but only to the degree that 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 guy was a jerk. But then Shinji, I never looked at as a jerk. Totally, he had issues without a doubt. Uh, I don't know. Like, that's not a good. Maybe not a great comparable. It's just that he came to mind for some reason. Well, first of all, oh, actually, I was gonna say Matoko at least. How, not at least, but Makoto, you know, slept with everyone in that show, unlike yes, Shinji. That's the thing about he was just so. Yeah. He literally <laughs> sleeps with every single girl in the show. Like, what the? That's just maddening. This <laughs> is, I guess, because they're like maybe the, the bottom line maddening aspects of them. On the other hand, well, I guess I'd be spoiling End of Eva, but we all know. I would infer to what happened at End of Evangelion, and that's what Shinji ended up doing. That's about the extent of that. But, but facetiousness aside, uh, I don't, I don't think. I kinda, yeah, I'm not. I don't think they're that similar. It's just like because the thing is, to Shinji, you could sympathize with to a degree. Maybe, yeah, and although you get extremes of you get extremes about uh, how a lot of different people feel about Makoto, you would not no, sympathize you, you with don't. one bit. You're, you're quite you're quite fine that his head got cut off. Yeah, he deserved the ending he got. I mean, but did he really though? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> okay. He left he left Sekai to like he pretty much ditched Sekai if I remember correctly. Um, who one of the end? Who if I'm not mistaken, he impregnated her, and it's like, dude, really? I think there's also a difference between the the and again i've only seen the the series of eva not the uh, movies but i think there's a difference between the shinji of the material so like what is presented on screen and the shinji of pop culture which is the fetal position get in the robot joke (laughs) and i i think that both are valid to be honest because i think fetal position get in the robot will probably outlive the real Shinji, as real as a fictional character can be. Um, And I don't, and, you know, I think that, you know, whether it is, um, you know, I don't know what School Days is or whatever, but like whether it is another anime series of a different genre or something like Razafon that's endlessly compared to it, I think that if you looked, you can find, you know, characters with, you know, similar personality traits or, you know, character arcs. I don't know if you can find another fetal position get in the robot kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that that is kind of unique, at least in that, in that sort of perfect way. Like, you know, there's other shows where like, oh no, I hope the kid doesn't get in up to a bad spot. Like this must be bad for mental health. Like, yeah, there's there's lots of ones like that. Um, but there's something there's something special about Shinji when it comes to that pop culture sort of existence that he's he's elevated himself to. Well there was now that I think about it, there was a character in another big franchise where that happened to him, and it was an earlier franchise. I thought of Amuro Ray. True, most Gundams kind of had that get in the pilot scene, I guess. I think that with, but I, and interestingly enough, though, I think the fact that um, the Evas are scary, bleeding robots makes a difference here. Um, because I think the one is like, I haven't seen, um, like a lot of Gundam, I, I, I admit that, but I'm guessing a lot of the, you know, get in the robot is kind of like a war thing. Like, you know, Hey kid, go to war unless it's something like G Gundam, which is great. Um, cause it's from what I, I'm, from what I can get from the opening in the trailer, it's just giant metabots, but without the souls. Um, but like, you know, it's, it's a war thing versus you know, Eva, like, it's not really a, a war, it's this creepy science experiment and aliens attacking. Um, which I think is, like, get, get, like you know, get in, the, get in the robot. Yeah, like, a lot of series have, you know, people forced to get into military or things like that. But, you know, not every robot yells and bleeds. Which you know, mental true. trauma. <laughs> true, true, true. I mean, I was I was thinking like Fafner, but like that's like everyone's like kids get into the pilot, and you know, but no, I hear, you, I hear you. The, the bleeding, the bleeding, the bleeding robot kind of. <laughs> now that I think about okay. it, I still need to watch that last new movie. I'm sure you'll find your way. It's gonna have to resort to being like a group watch of some kind because. That's the really the only time I ever watch anime nowadays. 
is with friends. Yeah. Right? Like, I finally finished watching Gundam Build Fighter Season 1. I only wow. took a year and two months. Okay, more than more than I could do right now. Anyway. Okay. Do you want to look ahead to next week then? To episode 60? Hmm. Like, or, like, how much do we want to look ahead to episode 60? Because I know we can't, we really can't do it without James. I know James will, will sink his teeth into this one. I'm trying to think if there was anything yeah. else that I wanted to talk about. Huh. We can, we can save that for next week as well. Have none of you consumed anything this week? <laughs> well, the thing is, I've been busy uh, resettling in myself. I, I, have not, I have not opened up that PS5. So the possibility... Oh, I, I wish I did. I really wish I did. So, the pos- so until it's open, the possibility of the Spider-Man challenge is there. <laughs> Probably won't be... My, well, uh, hopefully it won't be within the next 48 hours. I mean, I, I, I kept looking up, uh, on my free time, I kept up looking up YouTube videos about installing an SSD in it. But that, that's, that's the extent of anything I've done, aside from watching a couple episodes of Squid Game. So I've... That's how I managed to fit that in. Sorry, sorry, Jeff. That's okay. Um, so, you know, I, I had pretty much dominated the, the NFT and Scott Pilgrim talk, so I, I wanted to step oh, I back. That, and, and I really um, appreciate you. No, no. I really appreciate But, that. um... You know, when you were talking about Netflix, um, so I, I sort of stepped back there. Um, but I think it is, you know, worth noting that the biggest event of last week was the next batch of Shaman King episodes was released yes, on I Netflix. Saw. I did see that. Um, I did see that too. I did see that new episodes up, which so. which was a faster turnaround than the last one. So I, I was it did kind of catch me by surprise. Um, I didn't binge it all in one sitting. It was two. Um, or actually, oh, oh, <laughs> over two days. I think it was a total of three sittings over the two days. Um, it did include the uh, relatively beloved and famous uh, Mount Asorazon, um arc, um, which is a series of flashbacks. I believe it takes up about four volumes, um, and it takes up four episodes um, in the uh, new anime. Um, and this was an arc that was not adapted in the original series, where we're well into... Um, uh, manga original content at this point oh that's good um, and it included um so that arc um in japan there was like a, a drama cd with a music cd that has like sung um sort of enka Unk- style poetry singing and they included that as the ending credits theme for that arc which was a, a beautiful touch there. Mm. Um, lots of, a couple other songs from the original run that were released as kind of, you know, um, image CD kind of stuff were littered in the episode, um, which was, which was fun. Um, overall, you know, uh, a good season or, you know, chunk of uh, episodes. Um, we're in, you know, the end game now of, you know, how are they going to adapt like 12 volumes into 13 episodes? Oh, jeez! Um, I, I think it's more than that, but um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I don't know how far along Japan is. I imagine they're, they're catching up there. Um, but yeah, a little bit faster turnaround. Um, I'm going to assume all of them are completely dubbed and adapted. Um, it's just the release schedule by Netflix at this point. But um, 
some of some of my favorite stuff during the first chunk of episodes, a beloved arc in the the middle there, and uh, a nice cliffhanger for the end. Remind me what that arc was about, because I haven't read it in so long. Um, so this is the flashback with Matamune, the cat. Um, so oh, it's, so it's Yo when he's like ten years old, um, going to Aomori, um, meeting Anna for the first time. Ah, yes, uh, demon stuff going on. It's it's. You know, it's it's a power, powerful arc, especially for how it relates to what happens directly before and after. Um, so, and and I think it was adapted well. Like everything in this show, I wish it was a little bit less rushed. But considering it's rushed, I think they're doing a very good job. Okay. Okay. Oh. Ah, anything else? Shaman King nostalgia kind of coming back to me now because I. <laughs> welcome to my every day because i i read the manga like throughout its run here and uh the thing was was that uh by the time viz took shaman king out of the weekly shonen jump print run uh they did slow down the the release considerably because you know it wasn't doing too well by that point because the anime was long finished so they were doing like a book every four or five months. Yeah. Uh, so that's why like I would read that as it came out, but it, it took quite a while to finish. And then I had to eventually seek out the, the read, the redo of the ending as well back at that time, yeah, which is only officially out like, you know, a year ago now um, when Kodansha finally released those. Um, and that's digitally the print run. Um, I think it finishes next winter or spring it's it's getting there though mm-hmm. all right so now before we end off tonight um do we want to preview next week or do we just let that be let's let it be a secret <laughs> much of a secret well it's not a secret to us but, uh, well let's... we'll hype it up and say what it is and then leave that as like an ending like say like you know next time on anime roundtable well we Wanted to look back on predictions made for 2021 by people who know the industry well. And we're going to look ahead uh, and see what those, what that, what those predictions are for 2022. Oh, you know what? That, that, that's basically the preview. Uh, That's basically the preview. Um, We all know, like anybody who listened to, the episodes around this time last year know exactly what we're talking about. And James, uh, James, I know, I know wants to look over the article in question after he recovers and let that sink and think about it. And I know all, all four of us want to take some time to look at it as well and maybe form our own longer thoughts because uh, Honestly, uh, we only looked at it. I I only um, passed it on yesterday, and I think it's only been out a day or so. So, yeah, I do want to look at it a little longer. Kevin? Oh, I just remembered that I did read some manga recently. Uh, last weekend, I binge read a manga called Everyone's Getting Married. And it's a it's one of Viz's recent Jose properties and it was like you know i i really do enjoy reading uh shoujo and jose manga and this one really hit the spot for me because it's about adults 
some who want to get married, some who don't, but then they fall in love with each other. So they were like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> it's kind of like, it was, you know, a little, it was a fun read in that, like, you have people's differing views on marriage. And, uh, you know, it's a little dramatic at times, a little overly so, but uh, it, it made me think about how, uh, how other people see marriage and it actually made me think about how I view marriage and so I was like oh this is like this was it provoked more thought than I expected it to I won't ask you about those views <laughs> that's outside the realm of this show and might be worth a completely new podcast for the six talk podcast <laughs> not likely but yeah now I'm in that Joe same mood and I'm trying to see if I can seek out things similar to it. Uh, Viz only puts out so many Jose titles a year, though, because obviously they don't put as much shoujo manga in general nowadays. So uh, I'll see what I'll have to look around. But yeah, I'm kind of just mm. in that mood now where I just want to read more things about adults and not about teenagers as often as I used to. Yeah, it's one of those things where, um, what about the, uh, well, it feels like some, sometimes uh, a lot of entertainment. We're, let's talk about people who are, are characters that are a little older. You have that in Hollywood a lot. So let's talk about it. And manga is even worse because more often than not, it's about teenagers. And I think that's why I like really enjoyed Wotakoi, and then it's also why I do want to read Wave Listen to Me, and I, I I'll, even I'll even go further back, Master Keaton for me. Oh wow, oh, I need to finish reading that too. Uh, I fell in love with that show because uh, my the library has all of it, so I've read a couple of those omnibus volumes that Viz put out. I liked what I read; I just kind of fell off. I, I mean, for me, it was the anime. Oh yeah, early mid two thousands. That one, really, yeah, really, really, um, under like really underappreciated to me. Okay, so we're done. As I said, cobbled it together. Are we done tonight? We're just about done. Yeah, I'd say so. And I was ho and I thought it would be a short episode. And compared to the episodes that we've done recently, it's short, just not by much. But I think we did okay. I mean, it's just nice to get something, uh, something in this week, you know. Jeff, th uh, Jeff, thanks for the time. No worries. Yeah, no, great to see, great to hear you up, uh, up around the table. So that means the gang's all here again. Well, the gang is at least uh, ha has uh, at least uh, sat around. And maybe the we'll, maybe maybe next week, all f uh, the entire roundtable, all five of us will actually sit around it. One can only hope. Anyway, hopefully nothing happens to you, Mohammed, Kevin. Hey, come on, man! Don't wish. Don't do that. <laughs> well, given given how the scenario is, maybe some of us have had it already and didn't know it definitively. Definitively. I mean, I, I've, I've tested negative like a bunch of times, so I'm pretty sure I don't have it. 
another story there. And uh, you know where I am, so I I put myself in certain danger just by just by going to work these days. Pray for us, folks. <laughs> anyway, that's all we have for tonight. First time watching or listening, once again, AnimeRoundtable at gmail.com, at AnimeRoundtable, AnimeRoundtable.com. And don't forget, we're also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash AnimeRoundtable, and on YouTube with more stuff to come in the future. And if you want to see those videos, you're probably better off going to those sites as opposed to uh, looking on our website, especially if you're using Safari. And don't forget to give us a review wherever you're enjoying this, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and the like, because good, re good reviews will always help us in the algorithm and hopefully get us more listeners. Yeah, you know, we really should be, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this, like, yes, leave us a five-star review. That'd be great. But I was gonna say, I was gonna say, if we, if, if you want to boost the the visibility of the podcast, like, you guys should get your friends to spam reviews as well. I can't believe I'm saying this on the air. <laughs> let's not, let's not kid ourselves. People do that. You got, you got, <laughs> you got to put yourself out there. Well, what, us or them? Yes. Us. Yes. <laughs> well, sure, sure. Spam the reviews. Sure, why not? Although I will that say that I, because I did ask a couple of friends to review it, but I know they actually listen to the show as well. So it's not as if. Thanks for listening. It's not as if I asked like my 10 nieces to just review the show yet. You have 10? Yeah, I ten do nieces? have a lot of nieces. I have a lot of nieces and nephews. Cool. Anyway, yeah, but uh, the traditional schedule as, uh, as it has been through the pandemic is we had been trying to do episodes regularly every other week, but we are trying to up that a little more in some form, whether it's regular podcast episodes or something we'll do on YouTube and Twitch. We'll try and add new stuff whenever we can. So subscribe or follow us on all of those platforms so you can be notified whenever we add something new for your enjoyment. Once again, we debuted it last week. The new theme song is entitled Fubuki, or Snowstorm, performed by Piko Masaki. It's the title track of her upcoming album, so you can check out more of her music at PicoInfinity.com or on Facebook. She has a page, Pico Zen Music. Until next time, thanks for listening. Good night from Toronto, and join us again for another edition of the Anime Podcast.